Deep Talk, The Human Condition is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello and welcome back to Deep Talk, The Human Condition. My name is Nick Delaney, I'm the host of the show, and I am so excited to be back. I've been waiting so long to put together new episodes for all of you, and I really hope you enjoy them. So Deep Talk is a podcast where each episode I feature a new guest, and they share anything that is really deep to them. So anything can be a Deep Talk. Normally, it is an emotional experience from the past that they learned something from, but it could really range anywhere from topics they're passionate about to politics to just things they like to share with others, but definitely still can be those emotional experiences that Deep Talk is really known for. And looking back on the past 10 episodes, I've really tried to look at What do all of these people have in common? And what I've really discovered is that they all have this feeling of searching. They're all searching for something, which I found to be a really interesting concept. Whether it be they have hope for the future or they're searching for something more, if you look back, you can find that all of them have that in common. So it's definitely proving to be a very interesting venture. And I hope that we can discover more stories like that. First, I want to say thank you so much for your patience. I know it's been like eight months or so since I've released an episode of Deep Talk, which I know is crazy. But within those eight months, I hope you've all been staying really safe and healthy and just putting measures into your own life that prevent the spread of the virus. Either way, I hope you've all been staying physically and mentally and emotionally safe and healthy. So quarantine for me, it was definitely a weird time. I think mainly because I wasn't making episodes of Deep Talk. This show has definitely been something to help me and something to help guide myself. So I'm really happy to be back. I wasn't able to make episodes just because I like to have that face-to-face conversation with the guests. I didn't really think a phone interview would be suitable for Deep Talk just because I don't think it would have the same emotion. So... It was really just not possible to have a face-to-face interview during the quarantine period. And also, this is a podcast where I rely upon the interest of people wanting to be interviewed. So when I don't have that, I really don't have episodes to be made. So during quarantine, of course, I didn't really have that because people were busy taking care of themselves, which is completely fine. But either way, I'm so happy to be back with new episodes and new guests, new stories, new everything. So... A lot of you may have noticed that Deep Talk has a new look, new music, new cover art. So I'm trying to go through a rebranding for Deep Talk. And it's going to be a little different just because I want to focus on the whole person. I'm going to try to really discover what makes them tick. What are they searching for? Go back to that hidden element within the episodes. I'm also going to try to make a more artistic depiction of all of these guests and I'll probably be doing that through the social media account. I might also add some new elements to the Deep Talk episodes, which you will see in the future. And some ways that Deep Talk will be different now because of the coronavirus is 
you might notice some lower sound quality just because when I am meeting with the guests, of course, we'll both be wearing face coverings. So our voices are going to sound a little muffled. It's definitely going to be noticeable. So I do apologize about that, but we just have to adapt to these crazy times we're living in. So I do apologize about that lower quality of sound, but I will definitely make it so that the voices are as clear as possible and you're able to hear both of us. And it shouldn't really be a problem, but just to let you guys know, I apologize about that. And now that that's out of the way, if you don't already, follow Deep Talk on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find all of those at Deep Talk THC. That's Deep Talk THC. There you can stay updated on all the latest Deep Talk news, episode releases. You can inquire about being on the show and having your own episode, or you can just give me some general feedback. With all of that out of the way, I think it's a great time to ring in this new era of Deep Talk with our first guest for season two. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really happy to have you and to hear what your story's all about. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. My name is Brennan, and I am the founder of Purpose Design Company. So Purpose Design Company is a wood design company, right? Yes. Um, we focus on um, custom designs of with our silhouettes and different woodworking designs. Awesome. I've seen some of your work. It's really beautiful. Um, is there a place that audience members can go if they might be interested in buying some or just checking it out, seeing what it's all about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you can find us on our website at PurposeDesignCompany.com, and that is the best place to see everything we do, um, our custom our custom work that we do, and to just read about our story. What inspired that name, Purpose Design Company? Um, so, funny thing. So, I've had this business going since my freshman year of high school. Oh, wow. And it was originally called BCT Goods, which is my initials. Um, and I decided I kind of rebranded it this year as I went into this summer. And I wanted it to be something that was a bit more um, not about me, but about the company and our mission. And so I kind of went and looked at, I read a book and the, um, just about like how you can brand and take the brand away from like yourself and make it more about your customer um, because everything we do is about them. And so all of our products are personable and customizable to fit like your unique story. That's and so awesome. our slogan is we display your purpose. Wow. And so the idea is, is that um, we can create products that display your unique purpose. That's actually really cool that you say that. And I was just talking in the intro about I guess this is the rebranding for Deep Talk. I mean, we have like a new logo, new music, new everything really, new season. Um, and something I said earlier is that I kind of want this to be about the person I'm interviewing more. So I'm going to kind of take a backseat in the interviews, let all of them do the talking. And so I guess that kind of is similar to what your rebranding was like. So I think this is a perfect um, first episode for the season. Right. That's perfect. How did you start a business like Purpose Design Company? So it was a few components. Um, I can get into the backstory of that. Um, so there's three things. So first, in all throughout my life, I have loved entrepreneurship. I loved business and all of that. My father is an entrepreneur. 
And so I've always been just learning it and heavily influenced in that area. Um, so since I was in third grade, I have been opening ice cream shops in the kitchen, theaters in the <laughs> living room, and craft stores in the laundry room. I mean, my mom is a saint. She <laughs> she put up with so much and still does. So, um, And so secondly, I started taking wood shop in high school. Um, I took it as a extra class. Um, it just seemed kind of fun. It seemed kind of different. And I remember my father was like, don't do it. He's like, you're going to cut your finger off or something. Like, find another class that's safer. Little did he know. And um, so I started learning about that. And I got really into it. Um, so into it that I asked my mom for a bandsaw for Christmas, um, which was my first of many machines. And... Um, just kind of playing around with things, didn't really have an idea. Um, but then I was fundraising to go on a mission trip to Niger, Africa. And that was, um, I was doing an internship program there when I was 16, um, after my sophomore year of high school or high school. And so that was, when I did that, a lot of times like, for things like that, people send out letters to friends and family asking for money. Um, I personally have never liked doing that. I've always felt like I could earn my money um, for things, doing things like with my own gifts and talents. So that is kind of where the idea came from. And I was, it was just this whole idea of how can I combine something I'm recently getting into with. Um, how can I make money for something that I need? And so I ended up investing $100 into the business to buy a table saw and some wood. And then I found a local farmer's market in the area. And I decided just to go out and see what I could do. And it looks a whole lot different. We just celebrated five years um, a few weeks ago. And I was definitely really just laughing at like, how different the business looks. Um, the products that I thought my business was going to take off on um, are products that I feel bad for the people who have bought them because <laughs> they probably fell apart a few weeks later. And it's really funny just to see how things have evolved and finding out like what sells, what doesn't. So it's definitely like a story of growth, like where you were that freshman year when you were first doing Woodshop. Yes. 100%. Um, our main product that we sell that you could see if you look at our website um, are, are just traditional silhouettes. And I only made three of them for our first craft show. Um, I was ready to make tons of money selling picture frames. And so picture frames and some furniture. Um, I started my business on a very small budget. And so by doing that, I bought cheap materials and I also purchased wood that would later fall apart. And so I've invested a lot more into our quality um, of products and um, materials. But my dad later told me that there are products, especially these chairs that people were looking at that I built. And he was truly in fear that someone was going to buy them because he doesn't even think you could carry them to the car. 
without them falling apart. And he was probably right. And so it was funny. I sold all three of those silhouettes, and that was pretty much it at that first show. But I realized what was selling and what wasn't. And so over that next year, I sold at that farmer's market every other weekend till the close of the season. Wow. And so that was pretty much all I ever did. And I started really learning what like products people actually wanted, um, which are the products that I sell today and including more products, but things changed a lot through that. And yes, there was a lot of growth. So it definitely takes trial and error. I don't think you just start a business and then it's perfect right then. Yeah. What were some of those errors you were having aside from like finding out what products people liked and didn't like? Right. In the beginning, that was pretty much what the errors were, the quality of the product, a big error. I was constantly trying to go completely cheap. And I've pretty much mastered the concept of spend money to make money at this point, um, because you have to truly invest into good things in order to make good products that are long lasting and worthwhile. And um, just another thing I learned it's just kind of funny to look back at the pictures of that first show. It's like, I never even considered like tablecloths or things that make your booth stand out or branding at all. In fact, um, I created a logo. Um, it was pretty bad. And so <laughs> kind of just figuring that out or just even like using social media as a platform. I didn't do that at first. Like it was truly just my products and a craft show. And so I had to learn how to get more innovative with, with, with what I was doing. That's really interesting to hear about learning what, what works and what doesn't work, um, and definitely what keeps people coming back. Mm-hmm. And again, relatable to a podcast, you have to know like, what do people want to hear? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned your father is an entrepreneur as well. What does he do? Yes, so his entrepreneurship looks a little bit different, but he has a wealth management firm called Equity Concepts. Um, and you also said that you went, you were originally starting this to raise money for a mission trip. Uh, what kind of experience was that? Um, it was really cool. So we run a, uh, my father runs a nonprofit organization as well that does mission work and humanitarian work in Niger, Africa. And so I have been a few times, it's been a big part of our family. My sisters, um, one of them is adopted from Niger. Both my sisters are adopted. And so it's truly shaped our lives and our family dynamic quite a bit. What was it like being young and having a sister that was adopted from such a faraway place, different culture? Uh, My first sister that we adopted is from Africa. And so for me, that was very different and like partially it was different because I was getting a new sister and I was previously an only child and so that was kind of scary to go from only child to having a sister I didn't know what it was like to have siblings Um, another more interesting thing especially to look back on and to see the times that we're in now is that um, my sister was a different or is a different race than we are. And in my mind as a child, it was hard for me to see like a family being a different, like having different races, you know, Um, 
combine together. And that was actually something that I feared. Um, but it's really cool because it's a point of growth, I think, that now I don't see families as um, that. Like, I see that my family is the same as other families and that we can celebrate our differences and that both of my sisters have amazing cultures that um, they come from and that we get to understand each other's cultures and understand each other's differences and come together in that. So, Yeah, that's incredible to hear and I definitely think that's relatable to um, what's happening now. Uh, what country is your second sister from? She is from Latvia, so um, Eastern European. Wow. And what was that experience like? Was it any different? Um, Yes, that one was a bit more easy for me in the adoption process because she is very close to my age. We are the same year in college, and so um, I actually got to meet her a lot more before we adopted her. Um, And so that was pretty cool. And I was very excited, and I had already had, we had already adopted my first sister um, at that point, so it was quite exciting. That's really nice to hear. Um, Does any of that impact your business and like the kind of things you create, all these different cultures? I definitely think so. Um, I think one thing that is really cool is When I create products for other people, I get to see their dynamic. I get to see people's differences. I get to interact with so many people who have, are just all different, special, and unique in their own way. And I get to create products that, again, best display their purpose. And so I really love that. And I really love the way I get to meet and under, learn and grow from other people that I and customers that I come in contact with. That's really great to hear. And I've always wondered, do you view your products as a form of like artistic expression or is it simply just a product? It's funny you ask that. I think not till this summer, I saw the artistic expression in my pieces. Um, I am a very business-minded person. I would say at the core of what I do. I love like the business aspects. I love learning how to best market your products. I love doing the calculations for, um, you know, the finances of the products. And so a lot of what I learn here, I get to put into practice um, through my business. And so I always viewed it as a business. And now I've started to realize like, Oh, it actually does take some artistic experience to do what I do as well. And some of it is done, again, by a machine. Um, We have a laser engraver and cutter. Um, That was an investment that we invested (laughs) into this summer. And so, um, obviously, a lot of my machines do some of the help. But it does take a lot of creativity to come out with new products as well. I've heard you like mentioning a lot about this past summer and specifically the quarantine period, I guess, when, you know, everyone was home. Uh, was there a specific pivotal moment during the summer that really brought about this new kind of perspective on your business? Yes. Um, so 
I'll go into just what quarantine looked like for me. It was very interesting. So I went in starting in January of 2020. I had this idea to take my business to the next level. I wanted to rebrand it, which is where the name came from. Um, kind of put a little bit more effort into the marketing. Put a little put a little bit more effort into just like a lot of the behind the scenes, especially accounting of the business to make it run more efficient. And most importantly, investing more significant amount of money into machinery. And so since probably my junior year of high school, I have dreamed of purchasing this laser engraver um, that I shared about. I have seen them and I've wanted it and I have known that it would help my business grow. Um, they're very expensive. And so there were times when I thought like, could I actually purchase one? And I just couldn't even fathom spending that kind of money. Um, but I just had this big vision in January to go after it. Um, and then there was no better time just to try the things that I was always afraid to try um, and take bigger risks in my business. And so I decided I was going to purchase the machine in the summer. Um, but as you know, we got sent home and we got quarantined and there's no better time than during a quarantine to start a business that already operates at home. And so um, <laughs> I ended up purchasing the machine the day that um, the university sent us home. I decided that there was no better time and so I just bought it. And then a few weeks later, it still came in. And it was really great the way it worked out because I ended up getting a whole lot more time to play around with the machine and to play around with product development and things like that. Um, so I'm really thankful that the, the way it all worked and how I was able to further grow my business. Um, it was interesting because my whole way of growing my business was through craft shows and festivals this summer. Um, clearly, all of them got canceled. And so it was really kind of devastating at first because all of my thoughts and ways to market and grow my business were gone. Um, but I decided that a good business person has to get creative. And just like every other business during this quarantine did, I also had to get creative with how I sold and so I didn't have much of a plan, but when I released my products, all I did was I put a post on Facebook to my friends and family, sharing about my business, sharing about my vision, and um, asking for um, their help. And so it was truly the most amazing thing because I had a few people purchase, people I knew, and then it just like kind of was a domino effect. One person, they suggested I go into this store that had just opened two minutes away from my house. And so I ended up selling there. And when I started selling there, another store sold my products and reached out to me and asked, asking if I would sell in that store as well. Um, I also started an Etsy because I realized how important it is to be, to have an online presence, which I never really have had in the past. And so, it was really cool, just kind of a snowball effect on how 
this business grew and was probably more successful than it even could have been at craft shows just through word of mouth and people getting into it and investing into the idea with me. And so I'm really thankful for people just stepping up and the connections I have because currently I'm still selling our product in the two stores um, in the Richmond area that we sell in. And so it's pretty cool that even though I'm not actively woodworking in the moment, um, I'm still able to have my products being sold. Um, and it's just been an awesome summer. Um, one point of growth, probably the biggest point of growth I've ever had in my business was kind of an accident I had um, with just an order that I took. Um, it was extremely difficult. I took on this order um, and through a long story, it was through one of my stores um, that I sell in and the order I had misjudged exactly what they had ordered and so did the shop. Um, it was kind of just this big mistake on a lot of parts. Um, and so I had about five days to complete what I learned was a very large order. And so I had to really get working and the order was just impossible, like from the beginning to the end. Um, it was huge, large, and I did not charge nearly enough for it. So it was kind <laughs> of discouraging to know that I truly wasn't even making any money on the order. And um, so it was the night before the order was due. And let's just say it was barely started. Um. It was so discouraging and I was truly in a horrible state over this and through that and some family events that had happened I truly like could not handle it like I was completely overwhelmed and like I was in a stressed state it was not pretty and so I had this realization I went to go text the store owner and just to tell her that I wanted to cancel the order I was done and as I did that, I realized that it was wrong. Like I agreed, I love to stay within commitments. If I commit to something, I try to see it through to the best, even if I realize it was a mistake. And so I realized I just had to do what I needed to do. And so I worked all night. I worked until 6 a.m. Um, my roommate, my college roommate was living with me during the summer and it was really great. He helped me so much through that. He stayed up till 2 a.m. He's never woodworked in his life, but I taught him. He knew how to use a sander and <laughs> he knew how to stain and he knew how to trace um, states. And oh, like the, you would do like uh, outlines of the states. Right. On, okay. And so... He knew how to do all of that, and or I could teach him pretty quickly. And so I'm really thankful for just awesome friends who just stick it out with me, or even just sitting in the garage, like just supporting me, even if, whether it's physically or emotionally, just as I was going through it. And I went to bed at 6.20, 
and I got the order to the store at 9.30. So it was quite, I basically took a little nap and then went to the store to drop them off. And now um, I'm pretty close to the shop owner there. Um, she is really cool, it's a family owned shop. And so we all laugh now about the order. We've all learned so much about the order. And to me, I think that that is what business, like it's kind of the thing that we don't see about following our dreams or like chasing passions um, or just starting a business is we see like the glamorous parts, um, but we don't see the nights that you're going to stay up all night to make no money. And I think that those are truly the learning curves that are so important and that make us um, stronger. And I was reading a book this summer. While I was reading the book, I truly was learning so much about what it's like to build your passion and to go after um, the dreams that you have. And it was really cool to read the book the day after all of this happened um, because it really resonated about like that we never talk about in our culture about like when we follow our passions and like truly go after things, um, what it looks like to hit those bumps in the road or what it looks like to hit just like those hard patches. Um, and she just shared so openly about her entrepreneurship journey and just the horrible things that she was going through. And I still see my business as a very baby business. And I know that if I keep chasing on and with this business, that bigger things will come, but it was, that will be hard and I'll have to go through. Um, but it was just really cool to have this incidence and just the takeaways from it were um, really valuable. If you don't mind sharing, what was the name of that book, just in case people are interested in it? Yes, it is called Beginner's Pluck, um, and it is by Liz Bohannon, and it is truly an amazing book. And right when I finished the book, Liz Bohannon came out with a podcast um, called Plucking Up, which I would also recommend checking out. And so... Um, where she has people on the podcast actually just sharing stories like what I just shared. Um, it's all the times when we pluck up in our business or in, when we're doing things because um, our society tries to have this, like as she calls it, a highlight reel. So you just see the successful moments and you don't see the pluck ups that we have um, along the way. And so truly a great book. I'd recommend it to anybody. Yeah, especially if you're interested in a show like Deep Talk, I think a book and a podcast like that would just be right up your alley for anyone listening. Um, thank you for sharing that like kind of hard moment during the summer. Um, I know that how exactly how big was that order? Like, do you have an approximate number? Well, it was five pieces, but the pieces were very large, and it's hard to describe to someone who doesn't exactly understand, but they were too big for the machine that I own to process, which means I had to put a lot more manual labor into it, as well as it probably took the machine like six hours per piece oh. to like put the engraving into the wood. Um, they were just giant. 
And it was the size that she wanted. And it was kind of the mistake was in the size. And so if they had been smaller, like I originally thought, the machine would have done most of the work. So that was kind of where it all went wrong. That does sound very difficult. Yeah. Um, so if you could go back in time and say something to yourself before you started what would be Purpose Design Company, what would you say? I would say that there would be a lot of hard moments um, that I would not expect. There'd be big ones like what I shared and then just a million small ones um, that come along the way. And just keep pressing through them. Don't let those, I think there was probably 20 times this summer where I was about to quit. Um, don't let those stop you. Keep pushing on. If it's something that you're truly passionate about and that you love doing, then keep pressing on. If it becomes something that you end up hate, hating doing, then, you know, there's a time when quitting is needed. But I never hit that moment. I only grew loving it through all of the obstacles. What exactly was your motivation during those really hard times? I think I just loved what I was doing. I loved the big picture of just seeing glimpses of what my business could become. And in the midst of hard little things, and they were very little things that were coming up, I saw just, I kept seeing such cool orders that I was able to complete or projects I was able to be a part of um, to help other people. Those were the things that truly made it worth it. Is there anything else you'd like to say to listeners or anyone in particular that might feel inspired to start a business? I think what I would say, and something I am still working on so much, is start with why. So when you're looking to start a business or just do something, um, look at why you're doing it and why are you doing it is not making money. That was my why for a long time. Um, but my why was to get to know customers and to be able to um, create unique pieces that bring their story to life, essentially. And so start there. And um, so you start with why, and then you go to how is that going to be done? And then what do I need to do it? And a lot of times we start with what, and then we go to how, and then we go to why. And so I think that that would be the thing that this summer changed for me. And I'm still far from figuring out the complete why of what I'm doing. And so I believe that there's a lot more. Um, and I've seen little parts of that, but I don't exactly know how it will happen. It's really great to hear you say that because like I, I've shared earlier, um, it's crazy how you can relate woodworking to making a podcast. And during like the past seven months, that's when I really like was reflecting on my special project being this show. And it's like, why am I doing that, doing this and what makes it different and everything. Um, so you sharing your story is actually really helping me discover why I do what I do. Um, and I think that's, Kind of related to what you said is like getting to know other people and 
getting to help other people through sharing those stories. And really, this is just another platform to share those stories, just like woodworking is, which is something that I never would have seen it as before you came on the show. So thank you so much for that perspective and for sharing your story. Um, is there anything else you would like to share with audience members? Mm-hmm. Yeah, another interesting thing, it kind of made me think about that when you shared upon your story, um, something that I'm sure that podcasts and businesses like this can both relate to is that there are a lot of, there's a lot of other crafting and woodworking businesses out there. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, I oftentimes found myself in this comparison game, which is not okay. And just this, like, that I'm not, like, my business wasn't that special. And yes, it's small, and there's a lot of businesses like it. Um, But when you have a why and you have a vision, um, you just have to keep focusing on that and collaborating with other people who are like you and growing from that, um, not comparing. And so that's just another big lesson I learned um, this summer. And it can be hard sometimes, um, but it's really cool because small businesses, at least, um, I have reached out to a lot of small businesses over Instagram and things like that and just ask for their advice. And like, we're all in the same, we're all on the same team. Like we might sell products that are similar, but like we do love helping others. And so it's really cool to see that more as a community and not a competition. This is a story that can be translated into so many different formats, which I just love to hear. Um, And like I said at the very beginning, this is a perfect first episode for the season. So once again, I'd like to thank you for sharing all of that. And I really hope to the listeners that you can put yourself in Brennan's shoes and maybe discover things about yourself through this story. Um, Whether you're starting a new business or not, I think these are just amazing ideas and amazing inspirations. So thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. And until next time, get ready for some deep talk. Thanks again for listening to Deep Talk, The Human Condition. Our opening theme is Swells by Underbelly and Time Air, and our closing is Empire Seasons by Dan Heenig. Our cover art is by Hannah Feekin and Luke Dimas. Luke can be found at void.mp3 on Instagram. To stay updated on all the latest Deep Talk news, you can follow at Deep Talk THC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's Deep Talk THC. Don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Do you have a personal story or experience you'd like to share on Deep Talk? Reach out by messaging the podcast via our social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DeepTalkTHC. Recordings can be most conveniently organized in the Newport News, Virginia Beach area or in the Northern Virginia area. 
Remember, all topics and stories are welcome and they are as anonymous as you'd like. Thank you.